Don't ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. Hi, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This matcha is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip which comes straight from the YouTube live streams, which you guys can check out every, well, I shouldn't say every, most Fridays over on YouTube at The Bowl. You guys got questions on dating, social dynamics, or relationships, anything in the world of human interaction, I got you covered. Now, if you would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics each and every Friday, well, I got you covered there as well. Every Friday, I hit that Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter, which just goes out to my hardcores and I include anything in the world of social dynamics that I feel like you guys need to know a little bit more about, a whole bunch of exclusives, insights, things that I'm dealing with in in, in this world, in this world of 10,000 things, cool shit, training, nutrition, uh, music, updates, the resources of wisdom. Y- you don't want to be missing out on this free piece of content. So, bodoja.com, put your email in and you'll receive a confirmation email in your inbox. Hit yes on that. If you haven't received it, just check your spam or your junk folder or promotions in Gmail should be there 3 20 p.m every single friday and of course this episode is brought to you by bulldojo.com where you guys can pick up my ebook the crash course to kick ass day game just get your day game sorted it's a quick action guide to get you out there to act as your reference your guide your mentor it is not meant to be used as an armchair theorizer you are meant to go out there and complete a 30-day challenge in tandem with it and it's just going to help you to progress much further also, by the way, if you do purchase the ebook, make sure you check your inbox within 24 hours afterwards because I pretty much personally message everyone who gets the toolbox with a few extra tips. Next up is the one-on-one Skype coaching. If you want to go a level deeper, this is where we can work on your limiting beliefs, create action plans in your life to get you moving forward, whether it be within dating, physical, mental, purpose, whatever side of the temple you want to angle off of me with, I'm going to be there to help you. Of course, there are the deeper level packages, which is what I refer to as the bowl inside. For my clients that are on the bowl inside, they get access to two things that outsiders don't, which is number one, priority messaging. Within 24 hours, you can message me on WhatsApp and I'm gonna respond to you outside of Australian weekends through my private number. Also, priority session booking. So you're not gonna be worried about having to book your sessions in and have to wait for like two to four weeks. People on the bowl inside get top priority. So with those two extra perks, you gotta be on a package. So all you have to do is hit up boldojo.com. You can see that in the Skype coaching section. There's more details there and we can work out what's gonna suit you best. And taking you to the deepest level of all, the Day Game Foundations Boot Camps. This is for those of you that are looking to take control of your lives, to achieve the freedom of choice in your dating life, to be able to see and attract a beautiful woman anywhere you are and know that you have the confidence to handle that interaction from open qualification investment, close, bring the best of your 50 and just really bust through all the things that have been holding you back sexually or socially speaking. As of recording this, we're currently in February right now. There's a couple good months left in Australia. So if you're around the world, if you're in Australia, hit up me up for inquiries within Australia. Otherwise, you got June, July, August, the uh, other side of the world, summer. We're currently scheduling and planning for that. So if you'd like me to come to your city, whether it be in London, New York, uh, potentially Canada, you know, anywhere around Europe or the US, just send me a message at bulldojo.com in the bootcamp section and we can dive a little bit deeper into that and get more information on it. But please, serious inquiries only. 
And please know that I don't just take absolutely anyone. I will grill you. I will vet you to make sure that you are in the right mental place to undertake what goes on in these boot camps. Now, with all that being said, if you guys would like to support this channel, support this podcast and just keep it going, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, just my full name. Or you can also donate directly through the website, which is just bodojo.com. And in the podcast section at the top, there's a donate, which just goes straight through the website as if you were to, you know, get an ebook or guest carb coaching. So you can donate directly through there as well. And anything that you guys do donate is extremely appreciated and just goes back to everything that I do here at The Bowl. So thank you very much to all of you. And with all the formalities out of the way, let's dive straight into this podcast. Social Q&A, baby. Let's go. Last weekend, last Saturday, uh, thanks to a very special lady. Uh, she, she shall remain nameless, but a uh, special lady indeed. She had me at this uh, day spa known as uh, Cocoon up in Adelaide. And it was just first off an absolutely tremendous experience. It's been about five years since I've, I went, so this is what I went in for, a massage and a facial. Now you're going to see what I learned through this massage and what I, why it's going to translate to what I recommend for virgins and how it's going to tie in quite nicely. But just for the context, I haven't had a massage, not a professional one, in probably about five years. I used to get them quite regularly when I was a personal trainer because other personal trainers were qualified in it. But yeah, not in a while. And and so I'm up in this, now this is like a five-star place, my friends. This is not like you're on the beach in Bali massage for 10 bucks. This this massage, this experience costs a pretty dime. And basically what they attempt to do, as their name says, is to put you in a cocoon. They try and cut you off from the rest of the world, cut your your stimulus and your awareness of all other human beings and all other things in life from the world to the point where... Once you get changed, you get put into this ridiculous robe, this beautiful robe, and they take you into this like low lit, like there's tea, there's like this ocean music playing, and this is just in the lobby, but it's all dark, and there's just like a couple lamps around there. You feel like you're in fucking Aladdin, and uh, and then your therapist comes to get you, and they're whispering, they're whispering, and uh, so I had a female therapist, and I'm really glad that I did because of what I learned and what I want to talk to you virgins about today. And so she just sits down, she's so like calm and she's about, well, she's not like 80 years old. She's like, I don't know, 25, maybe 26 and uh, shout out to Taylor. She was amazing. And so, and she takes me through. So we go into this, it's almost like they do everything they can to make sure you have no contact with anyone. And like, cause there were other people there. It's like a two story place, but it's like they timed it so that I wouldn't be worried about anyone else. So she takes me into the into the therapy room where the massage table is. But again, it's like Aladdin shit. It's like so out of this world with the way that it's lit, so dark and and uh, the, the music and everything. And so she puts you on the massage table. And this is unlike any massage I've ever had before in my life in which that she proceeds to wrap you like a cocoon, like in towels. She gets these near boiling hot towels, near boiling hot to the point where when she puts it on you, it feels like she's pouring water on you. That's how these towels feel. They're like soaked, but they're hot at the same time. And so she wraps you up in this cocoon. And at this point, it's like you gotta, you gotta, you've got you been invited to let go into this experience. You're getting wrapped up in this cocoon. And then when the massage begins, as she goes to massage a certain segment, let's say my right leg, she will unwrap that part of my body 
and then used the oils to uh, massage and her technique was ridiculous. It was like, the way I described it on my Instagram post about it was, it was, it felt like an endless waterfall. That was her massage technique. There was just seamless, just from movement to movement. And so it's, it's very, it's very, very sensual the way that she, this particular massage it wasn't a remedial one. It was very sensual, firm, but relaxing as they described the pressure. But what's very interesting is that the way that the massage is coming in and what I'm noting during it is that even though it's not sexual, it's not a sexual massage, don't get the wrong idea here, but it's sensual. And the difference between this is that there's, there's, a, there's an air of human energy, energy connecting between me and this woman and I'm having to put my trust into her and... It's just because she's put me in a very vulnerable position here in which I have to just let go. I'm in this cocoon, like towel, towel cocoon where these towels are wrapping me up in cocoon and she's like massaging me point by point and there's no talking, by the way. It's not like another massage where they'll constantly want to have communication with you. No, it's just, it's not like that at all. It's just something I never experienced. And so as I'm going through this massage, right, and especially when it's around the legs, and uh, around the glutes and whatnot, you know, really sensitive areas. What I'm noticing is that I have to go into meditation during this. This is very similar. I remember I was recalling times of when I listen. I need to shoot back here for a second. I lost my virginity at 16 uh, to my first ever girlfriend at the time, serious girlfriend. However, I went through a period of voluntary celibacy. Shout out to I never become an incel. Check that video if you haven't of 17 to 19, where I didn't have any sex from 17 to 19 when I began my journey in cold approach. So when I got into my first ever pull experience, when I ever brought my first woman back, who was 25 at the time, I was 19, and I freaked out, and I was that, I was that landmine. I was that hardwired landmine, that my tripwire was so tight that I was just freaking out when I was in that experience of where I couldn't control my physicality, couldn't control my psychology, and of course, I couldn't get an erection. And you know, I've spoken on this many times in the erectile dysfunction videos. So, so as I'm going through this massage sensual therape therapeutic session, what I'm noticing is that, hey, I'm starting to get a bit nervous here. M my mind is starting to race and it's taking all of me to maintain my state of breathing. Because of, if you guys have ever had a massage, like a regular massage, not at like a place like this, you know, it's not dark normally. And there's normally lights on at least, at least one or two lights on. And the massage therapist talks to you as if they're your friend. They have this friend-like relationship with you. Whereas this is no talking. This is just, it's very, it's like low lit. This is, this smells so good in there. They've got some aromatherapy going as well. And it's dark, it's the darkness and the, the, the not succumbing, the relinquishing of your masculine, masculine hold. And allowing this woman to just kind of take control of you in a sense. And it's very vulnerable in that moment. And so like my heart rate is getting up and I'm noticing that my mind cannot but help start to race. Which is exactly what happens when you're uh, getting into a sexual experience for the first time in a long time. Not being in a sexual experience for a good while. This is what happens. And what I'm noticing as I'm going through this first 10-15 minutes with her is that, hey... This would be amazing if I was a virgin, not for a sexual, not because I think this is going to lead to something sexual. No, don't get that. Don't get it mixed up. To you. 
That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is the physical touch. The connection of feminine energy for sure, but without a sexual connotation, just being intertwined with the masculine energy. Again, without the sexual connotation, there's something happening here. Because it's not like I've, I'm, I'm not getting, uh, I'm not getting a stiffy, I'm not getting an erection here. Although I'm feeling movement definitely in that area in terms of like energy swirling, but it's everywhere. It's, en- it's, it's energy swirling within me because of the sensual nature, and that's what I would, where I draw the line now between sexual and sensual. Sensual being with the energetic connection between me and this woman, the swirling of energy, just without a sexual connotation. There's no idea here of that she's coming on to me or that I'm coming on to her so I'm thinking here in this first 10-15 minutes this is really powerful and that if I imagine when I was 17 to 19 going through my cold approach journey in which that I hadn't had sex at all in two years imagine if before that first ever woman that I pulled back from cold approach first ever sexual experience back at my place and I was just like that tightly wound tripwire that I was talking about before, just a trip why I ran to set off this landmine. What if I had gone to gone through an experience like this, like in this massage? What if I had gone to a sensual experience in massage therapy in which that I at least got used to the feminine touch? That I because I, I haven't had this touch in two years. And then all of a sudden you you go into the experience where not only are you what I'm saying here is that all of the keys are here. All of the things I hear that a virgin needs to get them more comfortable with physical touch beyond, or I should say before, the sexual connotation and the sexual, which of course is a different threshold. Don't get me wrong. I get that. I know that there is a sexual threshold that has to be crossed, which is a different realm, of course. But it's a raft. It's a raft is what I'm talking about here. I see this as a raft that I didn't know about that would help a virgin to cross that river. Now, of course, they're going to have to cross the river eventually. They're going to have to get into an intimate space with a woman with sexual connotation in order to fully cross that river, let go of that raft, and transform and evolve. Of course, that's going to have to happen at some point if they wish to evolve from boys to men. But I feel like this is a tremendous raft. And so I just noticed in the first 10, 15 minutes of her that I'm like, I'm getting really excited because I'm discovering something new. I'm discovering something that I had not known about before, which is that, and I just want to throw it, throw this at you guys. If I had a 17 to 19 year old son who hadn't had sex in two years, this is what I'd be doing with him. I'd be saying, listen, and I wouldn't tell him though. I wouldn't tell him about it. I would just say, this, hey man, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to go get some massages. We're going to try and relax, you know, you know, just have a good time, right? And what he would find himself in, though, is, and I'm taking through this experience uh, with this uh, feminine energy therapist, that that's really what it is. It's like therapy. It's unwiring that tightness, that psychological tightness. Because what I noticed after about half an hour, this massage was 60 minutes, and then the facial came after that. But the facial is actually a massage itself. It's like a facial plus massage of the head and neck and upper chest and face, of course. So it's an hour and a half with her. And, and what I noticed after about half an hour is that you just lose sense of self, which again is another key. If you guys go to my podcast on a full guide to day threes, it's one of the biggest things I talk about is that the first thing we need to do with ourselves 
and also very importantly with a woman when we get into a sexual space is to be able to unlock the emotional and psychological side of ourselves to the point of which that we can let go of ourselves. If you don't unlock that psychology, you're never going to be able to let go of yourself. And until you let go of yourself, the physicality will never flow. And so what I noticed is that in that first 30 minutes with this woman, first 10, 30 minutes, I'm a little tense. I'm a little tense. I'm finding it hard to relax my hands. I'm finding it hard to, uh, which is very interesting because there's no sexual connotation. It's just because it's such a new experience and such a vulnerable experience out of that. And then, but I was, of course, after I let my mind go and after we get through 15, 20, I think it was about a 30 minute mark. It's hard to tell at that point, but it was about halfway, less than halfway through that I noticed that I just became that jelly. I entered that jelly state, which is what I, and I'm just, as it's happening, I'm like, this is what happens with a woman though. This is what happens when you get into a sexual space of a woman. And this is what I fucked up when I was in that two years of no sex, which is that I didn't allow for this to happen with her. For all of you virgins out there listening in right now, uh, when you do get into your first sexual experience, be it from the day or the night, please, please take your time. Take your time. When you get back to your place, take your sweet fucking time. Right? There is no rush. And as you do rush, what you'll find is that your, your, your landmine will explode faster. Your, your, your trip wire gets just keyed up even higher and higher. But if you can slow it down, give yourself that melt time to become jelly with her. And what does that look like? What that looks like is actually watching The Lion King. When you say you're going to watch The Lion King, watch The Fucking Lion King. When you say you're going to make the great, when you, before you get out on this day two or this day three or day four with this woman, instead of, and you're planning, you got, okay, Adam said that I've got to plan. I've got to plan my logistics. I've got to make sure that I know what's up. So it's just not going to be this uh, big surprise and big shock for her or me, most importantly me. So when I get her, get her back to the place, I'm not just freaking out about what happens next. No, I know that I'm going to play the guitar for her, if, if you can. I know that I'm going to get the green tea going, get that matcha going. I know I'm going to have a rug uh, set up in the lounge room with the Himalayan rock salt lamp so that we can do some, you know, fuck around with each other. We can maybe do some jujitsu together, you know, fuck around, or we could massage her or whatever and we can do some breathing together, etc. And so you actually have that time together, especially as a virgin, that you have your melt time. And this is a new term that I'm using as I discovered over the past weekend at this therapy massage thing, was that it's, it's melt time. Even though I've always thought of it this way, I've never attached that word to it, but that's exactly what it is. If you're a virgin, especially getting 20 plus, 25 plus, 30 plus, you need melt time with that woman. And what that melt time is, is time for you to let go of yourself. And so as I, as I found myself in that melt zone where I got melt down to jelly and she's got full control over me now. And I've just like completely let go of myself. My breathing is where it should be. My muscular tension is where it should be to the point that where she's massaging my hand, this is, this is just one thing I just, the way I knew that I had reached this point was that when she went to pick up my hand, if you, you guys on the podcast, it's going to be hard for you to imagine, but you know, like lying on the table when she starts at the elbow and then goes to massage my hand. By the way, that was one of the coolest things she did. She did some shit with my fingers and my hands that I've never felt in my life. So shout out to Taylor. She was incredible. And so as she's massaging my hand, 
It's just like my hand flopped. It's just like floppy. Everything about me is floppy. And you just give yourself, you give your full weight to her. And that's when you know you've completely let go, not only physically, but of course, psychologically, you have to do that first. Um, you can't let go physically until you've psychologically done so. And I just said, that was that male point. That was that jelly point. And I felt like, what if a virgin could reach this state? Because he will have to. For a virgin to have, to have, his, to have a sexual, successful sexual experience, he is going to have to psychologically reach, reach that jelly point. Melt himself down. Melt her down. And that's the other thing here we haven't even talked about, which I will talk about in a second. I want to take a pause here, but let me, hang on. The other thing we haven't talked about is what a virgin needs to do for the woman that he's with. Because it's not just about melting himself down. It's about her as well, of course. So let me take a pause here and just say, uh, welcome. Well, I'm going to say, Yokosan Minasan, to those of you that are up in this uh, social Q&A live stream. If you are here and enjoying this content, drop a thumbs up on this video down below. Support the channel, support what's going on here. We will get your questions in good time. So if you have any questions on dating, social dynamics, or relationships, just drop them in the chat. Uh, if you want to donate to the Super Chat, that's always most appreciated. And uh, we'll get your questions in good time. I'm just going to shout out, say hi to a few people here. Nice Smack is up in here. He says, yo, Adam, went on a cruise last weekend. Oh, shit, hopefully you didn't get coronavirus. Uh, many beautiful girls there on the boat. Yeah, I couldn't approach any of them. Holy shit. Holy shit, that's like my story. That's my story for when I was uh, my first ever trip outside of the country. If he's got a question there, I cry on the first night, but on the second and third, I have to talk a few masculine, I have to talk to a few, but no masculine intentions. So there's no questions, no question there. We're not in question time yet, but nice smack. I'll come back to that because that was a story. That was my story. That was literally my story with the South Pacific Islands. Shit. And in this week's Bowl Sip Weekly Amount newsletter, you're going to see a photo of that of that cruise in the South Pacific Islands with me and Matt. So that's intense. Uh, Ramon, how do I say that? Ramon Burft is up in here saying, he's got a question on how would I recommend a virgin who hasn't had much experience go to a special, special massage. Okay, so that's not what we're talking about here, but I will get to that question later. I will get to that question later, Ramon. Good question. So come back here. Uh, <laughs> and just to clarify for those, I know I've said it a hundred times, but this massage that I had had no sexual connotation. It was sensual, not sexual. Very key. Very key. So I said before that a virgin a virgin needs to not only melt down his own psychology in order to unlock his physiology when getting that sexual space of a woman, but he very importantly needs to be able to do that for her. Now, are we asking too much here? Are we asking too much of this virgin to be able to not only manage oneself, but to also manage the outer self, the other self, herself? Yeah, probably. Probably. But it would be remiss of me to not enlighten on this because you're going to have to do it at some point. Whether you can do it just 1%. If you could do 1% of what I'm about to tell you as a virgin in your first sexual experience, that would be more than enough. That would be, that would be just incredible. And what it is, is that, number one, we need to get her empathy on side. And what that means is that we just can't front with her. What the fuck was that? <laughs> got the hordes at the walls? What's going on out there? Okay, I think we're okay. I don't know what that was. Anyways, we got to get her empathy on side. And empathy on side, what that means is that we don't want to front with a girl. If we're a virgin, we haven't had sex in two years. Let's say you're, my average audience is about 
I think the average would probably be about 20. Actually, last time I checked, it's probably about 24 or 25. Uh, but I know that it spans between 18 to 40s. But let's say you're 25. You're a virgin, right? You've you've had, let's, you reach your sexual, you enter sexual, I'm not going to say the word maturity is incorrect. You enter a place of sexuality in which that you're ready to start procreating at roughly between 13 to 15. So if you're 25 years old, you've been on this earth for 10 years, 12 years, a little bit more, of which that you've been capable of having sex, but you haven't. Your body's been signaling to you that you need to have sex, but you haven't. So with that being said, there's no need to front. There's no need to front with a girl. Especially, and what's really important about this is that it matters more with a girl you're more attracted to. The more attractive the girl, the least you want to try and show up with her. Because the natural inclination is that you will want to show up for her. Because she is your tent. She is your dime piece. She is your diamond in the sky. The girl that you want to walk with life for. And when that girl shows up, it's going to be a very natural inclination for you to try and puff that chest. You want to puff that chest. You want to flex. You want to show how much of a man you are. Uh, how intense your masculine energy is because you've been watching this content, you've been fucking hustling, you've been out there in the street, you've been out there in the clubs. And listen, if you're at this point, even if you are a virgin, if you're at this point and you've been hustling, what I mean is that you've been working on yourself, drilling, diving deep, building that temple. And that means, that. what does that even look like for those of you that are just like the armchair theorizers that have never even been out in the day or been out at night. You just sit at home in your fucking bedrooms. What that looks like is that at minimum, you've been on a 30-day challenge and you've been meeting five to 10 girls a day. You've been just, that's what the hustle looks like, that you've been having to meet so many different people and then take that feedback and then synthesize that to the point of which that you need to evolve and change through. Change who you are. You've been changing who you are. And so you got to the point where you actually were able to go up to a very attractive woman and communicate to her, direct and authentic, best of your 50. And you convinced her that, and showed her more importantly, oh, this guy's worth a dime. This guy's worth it. So I'm going to let go of you. Place that sexual trust in you. Because she believes that you're going to honor it. And so you get into this day two process. And then the day three, maybe, most likely if you're a virgin, probably on the day three plus, day three, day four, day five, that you're going to be getting into this first sexual experience of her. You've been running hot up until this point. So there's almost an incongruence. There's almost a implicit, deeply embedded incongruence in which that, but I am, I have been changed. I have grown. I have sparked that masculine energy. And because otherwise I would not be here with her, Adam. Yeah, I get that, Jeffrey. I get that, but that is not the same, that is not even the same frame of reality. You have not accessed this world of reality in which that the sexual threshold must be crossed with her. That's not, you haven't even been close to that. We're talking about 25 year old here. You haven't even been close to that for the last 10, 12, 15 years. So don't front with her. When you get into that sexual space of her, it's one thing to verbally tell her what's more importantly is to physically show her it's for some girls it, it, it's a good thing i don't i'm not saying not to i'm not saying not to sit down with her on the couch when you come back in that first sexual experience and let's say that lion king's gone down you guys are on the couch you started making out 
you took her by the hand, you took her down to the other side of the house, and you got that rug laid out, and you got the Himalayan rock salt lamp, and then you got her on the ground and said, hey, just lie down, just lie down, just trust in me. All right, close your eyes. Close your eyes, she lies down, and you start massaging her. And, and while you're massaging her, you're whispering in her ear uh, how uncomfortable you are with the situation. How she's like, listen, I'm going to be honest with you here. This is, and yeah, just imagine for those of you on the podcast, you've got your, your fingers on her traps, you've got her fingers in her lower back, you're massaging out this tension and her keeping her sensual, not sexual, but sensual at this point. And you whisper in her ear that, listen, I'm I'm be honest with you. I'm a little uncomfortable with this. I, I haven't been here in a long time. I haven't been here in a long time, right? And then she's probably going to, at this point, when you, when you voice that to her, she probably wasn't going to flip over and then look you in the eyes and maybe sit up. Most girls will. Because I've talked about this in the other virgin videos is that most girls, when a guy is being completely honest with them, they fall deeper. They fall deeper into you. They come deeper into you because no other guy's willing to do that. Every other guy fronts. Every other guy tries to show up. Which is why it leads to such catastrophes. Which is why there is such horrific results that come out of this situation. But if you can be honest with her, you be honest, and, and it's not, it's not to the point of which you become this passive potato, where you become this weak fish in which that and you start crying and you start just dropping your masculine frame and you go. It's not comfortable with shit, man. It's not that at all. You're not. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you just offer her a window into what your experiences have been for the last fucking 10, 15 years of no sex. And while you have been leading, you have been a masculine up until this point. What you're essentially asking her is you're getting that empathy on side in which that I'm going to need to take things a little bit slower. That's all I'm saying here. When she, when when you first whisper, when you first voice that, and you whisper that, so I'm a little uncomfortable with the situation here. It's been a long time. She probably wasn't going to front up to you, and then you two are sitting there on the rug, on the rug, cross-legged, eye to eye with each other, and all you need to say to her at that point, and of course, don't take this line for line. This is just the fr- the structure and the framework, which is that I need to take my time here. I want to go slow here. There is maybe two out of ten girls in this world that would receive that negatively. And those girls are just in a stage of life. They're just in that stage of life. If you do come back to them in five years' time when they're a little bit more mature, then they might they would probably receive that a lot better. Younger girls, and what are the what's that two out of ten girl? The two out of ten girl that will not receive this very well is a young girl that just wanted to be taken for another one of these, right? Who just wanted to be fucking grabbed by the neck you're taken for that slap and just gone for a ride. You know, when it, because I've told, I've spoken about this before. I spoke to Schemo about this in the last social Q&A. Was that you can actually break a girl's trust and break a girl's confidence if you don't lead her. And that's not what you're doing here. You're still leading. You're just saying that I need to lead at a slower pace, which is why I'm saying eight out of 10 times, that's fine. There are, I just really want to prep you because, of course, if any of you are going out, you might meet two out of 10 girls, or hopefully you're going to be meeting 10 out of 10 girls, but of those 10 girls, two out of those 10 
might have been expecting a real fucking ride of you, a real, you know, grab by the neck, give her another one of these, uh, slap on the back. And that's what she wanted. She wanted that aggressive sexual experience with you. And the fact that you're not going to be able to bring that for her, yeah, there might be two out of 10 girls, typically younger girls, typically 18 to 21 year olds, especially if you pull them back from the club, come back from the club, uh, they're in that crazy animalistic mindset. Yeah, yeah, let me talk about this for a second. We're going on a fucking session right here. There's definitely a difference in terms of a virgin bringing back a girl from the club and a virgin bringing a girl back from a day three, day four, day five that was spawned and can conceived from the day. Absolutely, I will acknowledge that. And in which case, it's probably more important. So I want to wrap this up because I want to get to your guys' questions. But all I was really going on there is that get her on side. If you could do 1% of this, if you're an absolute virgin, so what have we talked about here? Let's sum this up. Number one, you need to get yourself melted down. You need to get yourself to jelly state, have melt time. And what that means is that if you're an absolute virgin, don't fucking rush. Don't rush to it. That's, otherwise, you'll be like me. You'll be just like me when I was bringing my first woman back and I rushed her in the door, rushed her from, from the makeout on the river, back to the bus, back to my place, rushing through the door, didn't go to the Lion King, straight to the bed, tried to get her clothes off, couldn't get the erection, exploded my mind psychologically, physically shut myself down. Don't let that happen to you, okay? What you need to do is take that melt time. What that means is watch the movie with her. What that means is take her to the rug, massage her. What that means is once you've had that time and that green tea and that chill or that music or that guitar, whatever you like to do with her, that Himalayan rock salt, you, know, you got some dark chocolate with fucking coconut oil, whatever you want, all right? Whatever you fucking want. You do that and you let that be. That might be an hour, that might be three hours, that might be the entire night for you as long as you keep leading it, all right? As long as you keep leading it. And then at a certain point, we want to get her empathy on side. And like I said, is that it's not an essay. It's not a, it's not a, uh, the memoirs of your life. I'm not asking you to send her the memoirs of your life. <laughs> All I'm asking you to do is just let her know that you're a little uncomfortable with the situation because it's been a long time. You don't have to tell her 10, 15, 20 years of no sex. Just a long time. She's going to get it. And then... I just need to take these things a little bit slow. Now, from that point, most girls, when they hear you being that honest, that that direct, that congruent, that authentic with them, they're going to grab you by the back of the neck, pull you in, and start making out with you. And be very gentle, be very slow with you, and be very cognizant, empathetic, to the point of which that you're just going to melt with her. And if that, that night, you two just lie down on the rug, and you just make out, and maybe some clothes came off. For you, who's a virgin, who has not had sex in the last 10, 15 years, that is a huge step for you. That is, that's making ways. That's making ways. And so that, that's, so it's another thing here is that lower your criteria for success. Don't be worried about what your boys are going to ask about the next night. Because we're playing the long play with you, Mr. Virgin. I've got you in the stable for years now. For 10 years, if not for life. And so, if it's your first sexual experience, why am I trying to do so much? I'm not even, as a, I'm, as a coach right now, I'm asking a lot of you to be able to, what I've just put, espoused. But it's not nearly as much as what you're asking of yourself. 
That's not nearly as much as what your boys are asking of you. No one's saying that you need to penetrate tonight. No one's saying that you need to you need to fucking whip it out like you're you're on, you're on the payroll. You're like you're on port hub payroll, okay? No, 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 no. Shimpai and I, my friends, do not worry. Take it slow. Osoi, take it slow. And that's what I want from, that's what I would recommend, okay? So uh, the other tactical thing that I was saying there was that sensual massage. If you're an absolute virgin, find your place, find yourself a place. Now, it's not going to be a cheap place. You're going to need a, you're going to fork out for this, but go to a high, high level day spa that does therapy like this. Uh, that I talked about at the beginning of this podcast. And again, it's not you're not going to ask the girl out at the end. You're not going to try and form a sexual connection with a girl. That's not it. All it did for me, and that I could say that it would do for you guys, is that it's just going to get you used to feminine touch, feminine sensual touch, and just, just slightly reduce the tension on your tripwire. That's what we're talking about there. So, my friends, let's get into Q&A. For those of you that are new to this, if you have any questions on social dynamics, dating, relationships, anything in the world of human interaction, just drop them in the chat box. I see we've got a few questions here. If you would like to get your question bumped to the top, though, you can and support the channel, both things at the same time. You can donate to the Super Chat, and that just gets your question bumped to the top. If you guys haven't already, sign up to boldojo.com, the bowl sip weekly email newsletter, free article every single week coming out later today. Create your legacy. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you're in this chat, show a little bit of love and support this channel and support what I'm doing here by dropping a thumbs up. Really appreciate that. And let's go. Got some Q&A, baby. <coughs> By the way, I also like you guys' feedback, especially for those of you on the podcast, on uh, on the new camera angle and the new mic angle, etc. Give me some feedback on that shit. Uh, let's have a look here. Gonna zoom in. So, looking at this chat. Okay, so yeah, nice Matt came in with this, not even a question, but something that I did want to discuss. Because he said to me, yo, Adam, I went on a cruise last weekend. Many beautiful girls there on the boat, and yet I couldn't approach any of them. I cry. I cry on the first night, but on but on the second and third, I talked to a few, but no masculine intention. No masculine intention, excuse me. So why I really love that nice smack is because that's just, well, I didn't cry, but that's just like my story at 18. Uh, the first time I left the country without parents, I've been outside the country without parents many to- with parents many times, but the first time that I left the country without parents was on a cruise to the Pacific Islands. Spoke about this many times. There's even a photo of it in this week's email uh, with my boy Matt. Shout out, rest in peace, my man, wherever you are. And it was the exact same thing for me. I fucking floundered. I floundered. I floundered. Matt and Roy, they got girls. They they were out in the nightclub on the cruise. And they were out. Matt met this absolutely beautiful girl. What was her name? Rana. And uh, Roy actually met his future girlfriend there as well. And so everyone was fucking lapping it up with these girls on this cruise. Yet he was little 18-year-old Adam who had been doing a little bit of day game. But uh, definitely hadn't had his first lay from day game. And I and I I just I remember exactly what that was like, nice smack. I remember what it was like being in the fucking room 
while Matt was having sex with Rana and I had to pretend to be asleep. Do you know how painful that was? That was... There is... as as uh, I forgot which anime this is from or which piece of content I heard. It was an anime I remember this hearing from, but the loneliest sound is in the world. The loneliest sound in the world is the sound of two other people making love. And that is the loneliest sound in the world for sure when you're in that, that space. So I know I can empathize with you. It's terrible. And nice smack, what that says is that you've got a lot of fucking work to do. You've got a lot of work to do. I've, I look back on that experience now and I, and I thank the gods for that. I, th- I thank for that experience of how painful that cruise in general was for me, how I couldn't meet any girls, I couldn't approach any girls, even when a lot of girls were giving me signals that they wanted me to approach them on this cruise, and I still couldn't fucking do it. There's, there's so much to be learned from that, and that's just your journey right now. That's your story right now. So if it's painful, good. If it hurts, good, because that's your work to do. So you can ever continue to live a life in which that you just accept that, you accept that you're not good enough, that you haven't got the masculine intent to bring forward to these girls, okay, that's the life you'll live. I won't judge you. I won't argue with that. But if you do want a better life, there are many modalities. There are many modalities. The cold approach is waiting for you. Solo traveler is waiting for you. Becoming a man is waiting for you. In all the different ways that this temple and that offers, you know, purpose, physical, mental, social development, all of them, everything within it. The video that I'm dropping this Monday, how to become a life man, a cold shower life man, how to take daily cold showers for life. It really helped me to transition from boyhood to manhood psychology. And no doubt helped my, my interactions with women for sure. 100%. So anyways, nice. I just wanted to give you a bit of value there and drop you in there because that's a really close experience to my heart as well. So thank you for sharing. Moving on to the next question. Next question comes in from Ramon Burft who says... Hey, would you recommend a virgin or someone who hasn't had much experience go to a, in quotes, special, end quotes, massage to experience all the touch, skin to skin, and to feel more comfortable with it? Do you think it would help? So what Ramon is talking about here is not what I was talking about at the beginning. At the beginning, I was talking about a sensual massage, which has no sexual connotation. He is talking about a sexual connotation massage. So we're talking about a massage that has a happy ending. That's what Ramon is talking about. That's why he's used special with the quotes. So in my other in my other pieces of content discuss I've got an entire podcast on prostitutes. I think I've got two of them actually. If not two of them, there's one that's dedicated, and I've spoken about it many other times, which is that it's the last case, it's the last resort, Ramon, in which that I recommend a virgin go to a uh, prostitute, escort, happy ending, uh, massage is the last resort. I would recommend he do a whole host of things before that, right? That, of course, through the process of cold approach, do everything he can to be able to do it organically. And then tying in now with his new experience, getting a sensual massage just to release the tension, release the tension on him, build out sexual connotation. There's that. But even psychedelic experiences, I would, I would personally, if it was with me, I would personally rec- go, recommend going through a psychedelic experience before, before going through counseling, therapy, before, uh, psychologically speaking, before going to a sex worker, prostitute, escort, happy ending, therapist. Uh, I would recommend those things first. I want to do everything that I can. First and foremost, Ramon, 
everything that I can in my own power to attract a woman into my life, right? And I'm going to give that at least a good year, at least a good year. It depends on how hard case you are. I'm going to give that at least a good year. And then if, if after a good year of solid action, I still can't get it done, then I'll go to a coach, right? Now, I'm being extremely generous here. If it was, if I, if you want to give like my actual, if it was my son, if I couldn't get it done within 30 days of hardcore going out every single day of 30 days, then I would go see a coach who would help me to work on my social dynamics. Then after a year of working with a social dynamics coach and having him ascertain where am I on this scale, am I the zero of all hard cases or am I 10 absolute natural? Obviously not going to be that, but where am I on the scale? And then I'm going to be doing work of him for at least a good year. After that good year, I'd reassess and I'd go, if I still haven't been able to bring a woman into a sexual space for me, I need to ask Tam why. And we'll look at why. And what, what's really amazing about this is that I've had clients just like this. I've taken many clients from virgin status to having their first sexual experiences. And for some of them, for the hard cases, so I'm, what's the longest time? I think three years. I think the, the worst, well, not worst, the hardest case I've ever seen was someone who I worked with for three years. It took him three years to be able to get into, to transition, to go through that first sexual experience from cold approach. Uh, I've had guys who have been in the middle of that. I've had guys in two years. I've had guys in one year, at the one-year mark. I've had guys within 30 days. I've had guys within one day, literally. I've had, I've had guys on boot camp that have gone from virgin status to the first sexual experiences that happened on boot camp. So it varies, it varies. But anyways, all I'm saying to you, Ramon, is that I would do everything I could before going to a prostitute, before going to a happy ending uh, therapy, just in my own power first. And then with it beyond my own power, get, you don't, and I always say this, you don't even have to come to me. Just go to someone you trust, go to a coach that you trust and work with them earnestly and honestly. And then once that's in, once you get that work in, then I would be going to psychedelics. Then I would be going to psychological therapy because there's so much more deeper-seated issues there. And then beyond that, then the final step would be a sex worker, would be a prostitute, would be uh, a happy ending. But not first, Ramon. We need to do everything we can. It's like, don't give up on life first. Do everything you can, okay? So hope you enjoyed, hope you enjoyed that. Wishing you the best on your journey, my friend. So for those of you that are just coming into this chat, please drop a thumbs up on this video. If you're enjoying this content, drop your questions down below. We are currently in the Q&A section. Who we got next? Who we got next? We've got Shucky77 next. Who says to me, Hey Adam, I'm going for drinks with a friend of a friend soon. Sounds uh, dangerous, but since this, that was me saying that, but he goes on to say, but since the, uh, since this didn't come up from a direct intent interaction, I'm curious on how to adjust the day two tactics. Okay. Here we got a date question. How do you implement qualification within a day two or overall, what would be your advice for such situation? This is a very interesting question. I don't mind this question, Chucks. So Let's get over this again. He's going for drinks with a friend of a friend soon. I'm assuming she's a female. Uh, he hasn't mentioned this, but I assume so. 
But since this didn't come up from a direct intent interaction, I'm curious on how to adjust the day two tactics. Okay, so the first thing here, Shucks, is that it's not a day two. If you're going for drinks with a friend of a friend, it's not a date. That's where you've completely missed the boat of this to begin with. The, you should not assume sexual intent of this off the get. Unless you're leaving out something here that I don't know about. Unless this friend of a friend... Not because, no, because he said here, he said that this did not come from a direct intent interaction. So we know that there's no explicit sexual intent. However, there is definitely the possibility... I could see a situation in which that maybe it's a friend of a friend, maybe it's a, uh, a situation in which that you guys met at a social event and you kind of connected a little bit, but neither of you had the balls. Actually, I should say you didn't have the balls to be sexually direct, direct with her, but you still realize that she was into you. If that's what's going on here, I'll give you one. But otherwise, if that's not there, if there's not some indirect form of which you know that she's interested in you, I would not be going into this drinks with sexual intent or thinking that it's a date. Okay, so just check yourself on that. Let's say though, just just for the benefit of the doubt, let's say that there is some form of indirect sexuality going on here. His question is, how do you implement qualification within a day two? Or overall, what would be my advice in this situation? So if he, yeah, the first question doesn't really make sense because it's not a cold interaction, Chucks. So I'm a, that just doesn't really apply. So when we look at my advice for the overall situation, is that we would run the day two in a more aggressive sense. So normally day twos are very chill because it's just an extension of investment because we've already done all of our work, uh, sexual intent, etc. back at the initial interaction. But in this place, because that hasn't been established yet, I would just be more aggressive. So what that means is that I would be leading her harder. I wouldn't be taking my time with things as much. And what does that, that looks like physically? That doesn't mean that you're trying to come onto her physically faster. What that means is that all the things that I talked to Schemo about in the last social q and I'll just be doing quicker and more aggressively. So getting her to get into a deeper bubble with me more aggressively. When I'm, when I'm with uh, engaging with baristas and, and the shop clerks and the waitresses, etc., being far more challenging, far more teasing, really kind of just trying to take the piss a little bit more out of her. You know, really try to be a bit more sharp with her in a cheeky way, in a cheeky way. Showing her that, this is the masculine energy that I'm providing and that, and then seeing how she responds to that because a girl who's, this is how you'll know, this is how you know that she didn't think this was a date is that if you try and be very challenging, very teasing of her and she doesn't respond well, well then you know that she just thought this was going to be just a friend for friend thing. So I would just up the level of fire. That's what I'm saying here. I would up the level of fire. I'd be very, very, uh, very rambunctious. I'd be very, uh, very, very keen to fuck around with her. You know, I'd be trying to mess with her a lot. I'd be trying to get her to approach other people a lot with me and just being really aggressive in that sense. And then, of course, uh, not taking my sweet time. If reading the correct body language from her and the correct, uh, the correct energy between us, not taking my time to kiss her. Well, as soon as I've sensed that first moment, that she's like, yeah, she's deep in my eyes here. 
she's deeper on this with me here. I'm going on it right here. I'm not going to, and there's like what I'm saying here, even less hesitation. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. So, uh, moving on to the next question. We got Justin Bidiaco. Bidiaco. Justin Bidiaco comes in saying, but uh, just found out about you. You're doing great things, man. Unfortunately, it's common for people to genuinely care about others to try and help. Uh, so thank you on behalf of all of us. Well, Justin. Absolutely. I'm so grateful for that. That's some very powerful feedback. I really appreciate that. Uh, he, does he have a question below that? Oh, Schema then goes on below him to say, uh, Shucky, I went through that exact same thing. Good to see you can relate, Schema. Uh, Justin then goes on to say, uh, he goes on to say, I have done basically everything but sex. And I almost had sex last summer, but this stupid, in quotes, performance anxiety, end quotes, happened to me. It was so weird. Every other time I chill, girls never had this problem. Huh? Okay, that didn't make sense. It was so weird. Every other time I chill, girls never had this problem. Maybe he means every other time I chilled with girls. Is that what you mean, Justin? Anyways, I think that's to that point. He then goes on to say, unfortunately, I still live at home. It was late at night and I have a small house. That said, I was super concerned my mom would hear me, lol, and even told her when she asked what's wrong. If a girl you pick up or you know wants to get down and asks what's your body count experience, etc., do you think just be honest, even though it's hella embarrassing, and could put her off? Okay, so my friend Justin, I cannot tell you, not once, not once in the last nine to ten years of going out there in the street, in the clubs, bringing girls back, sexual experiences that cascade the realm and scale of what that means, have I ever had a girl say to me in that first sexual experience, how many girls you been with? <laughs> uh, so that, that, that fear you have is a product of your owning inexperience. It just doesn't make sense. Why would a girl say that? No, no, unless she's drunk, right? Girl's not going to say that. So just let that go out of your mind. Now, going back up, because he actually has more points in his question. Uh, Justin, a really important uh, podcast for you to listen to is a full guide to day threes because your performance anxiety, oh, fuck. There's another, there's actually an even better podcast on performance anxiety. Oh, which one was it? There's a few of them. It's like a recent podcast. There was one on one of my clients first ever pull from Cold Approach. And I think that was called How to Handle Your First Lay from Cold Approach. Yes, that was it. That was one of them. That's at least one of them anyway. That's one that you'd be really interested in listening to. Uh, but just, I'm not sure how long you've been in this podcast for, but I, I essentially addressed in the content section all of your worries here. So you need to go back and listen to the beginning of this podcast. You go back and listen to the beginning of this podcast as to the performance anxiety because you got to melt yourself down and then also get her empathy on side. Two principles I talked about at the beginning. So go back and listen to that. Uh, what else did he say here? He said that he was concerned uh, that his mom would hear him. Listen, that shouldn't be a concern. It shouldn't be a concern. Every mother, well, I should say, Every mother that loves his son 
would want her son, sorry, <laughs> let's recap that. Every mother that loves her son would want her son to be is sexually abundant and sexually uh, be ready for sexual experiences, okay? So what I would say is that there's a relationship that needs to be had between you and your mom or move out or book a Airbnb hostel when you know you're going to be bringing a girl back and pull her to there or go to her place. But why not have an honest, direct, congruent, authentic relationship with your mom in which that, hey mom, I'm, I'm coming into my sexual prime here. I'm going to be bringing girls back and I want, you, I want to know that you can, I want to know if you're comfortable with this. If not, I'll leave it outside the house, but I would love for it to be comfortable between you and I here. I don't want to have secrets. I don't want to have to hide this from you. And so then it's fine, right? So, and then you're just going to gauge it based on what your mom says. If your mom's not down for that, well, then her. Because like, I, when I was coming up, I never had a problem with that with my parents, uh, with my family or anything like that. My ma- just talk to my family about it. Like, listen, like, if, you, if you're going to be bringing three, four girls back a week, if you're going to be waking up on Sunday morning and you're making green tea and there's a 25-year-old woman sitting on the couch and your mom comes into the living room and she's like, oh, okay, what's going on here? She knows what's happening. She knows what's fucking going on. She knows that YouTube would get that coconut oil getting in so why not just clear the air with each other why not why not uh or and then so if she's not comfortable with it then that's cool because then at least you're on board with her and then you know well ah i'll just make other plans i'll book an airbnb for that night i'll book a hostel for that night i'll go get a capsule capsule room in japan for that night okay so just be prepared with that what's the other thing you said there uh, yeah, he's also he's the body count experience. He's asking me if a girl asks you how many girls you've been with. Uh, again, you just need to go back to the beginning of this podcast. Empathy on side, right? You that that'll answer your question right there because we've already discussed this. So moving down, actually, I'll take a break here and just say thank you to all of you who are in this uh, social Q and A right now. If you guys are enjoying this content, make sure you hit that thumbs up button before you uh, leave. Really appreciate that, and don't forget, oh, don't forget. Get that weekly email free today. Boldoja.com, Bolsip, create your legacy. It's going to be a good time. Mm. So I've got a few more questions here. Let's go. I'm liking the, uh, I'm liking the broad range of these questions as well. So the next question. Hang on, guys. Let me just get this. There's a few popping up here. So the next question, or the next thing anyway, was Chucky77 said, yeah, oh, he's following up on his question, my response to his question saying, yeah, definitely not assuming that there is such sexual tension, but in fact, I want to see if it can be taken there. Yeah, good shucks. So all you need to do in that situation, as I said before, is just be very aggressive, challenging, teasing with her, light her up as if you would in a cold interaction, just on the day two. Moving to the next question. Willingness, aka Nicholas, comes in saying, Hey, Sensei Adam, crazy and fun time going on. First time travel solo to a new country, plus hostel. Lost to learn. My biggest takeaway is becoming an even better present listener and genuine listener. It is influenced because of you. Uh, he's got a few more things there. Since I've not spent so much time compared to others socially, my level is at lower than others. Went to meet up 
that met up at first day, people were warm and good conversations. Sorry, his questions are broken up here. The day after and today, it feels like I am left alone for the most part. None showing intense, sorry, none showing interest or including me, such as when they plan going out. Strangely enough, when others were traveling home, they were like, so, oh, such a good time. What? Oh, such a good, such a good time have you here, even though we hardly spoke. Okay. Uh, Nicholas, just in future, please try to uh, drop your question, <laughs> your questions close together because they're like super split. It doesn't make good for reading. So basically what Nicholas is saying here is that he's had his first ever solo travel experience. Uh, Nicholas, what country did you travel to? What country are you in right now? Or if you, whatever country you went to, let me know. Um, but he's saying that basically he's not very good at the social lubrication. He's not very good at making friends essentially and getting in, just being in the social vibe of things with people at these hostels, which also, by the way, I just want to shout out to, uh, Bobby B who was one of my clients who traveled down to, uh, traveled from on his first ever solo travel from the U S to Melbourne. And, uh, on his first ever solo travel experience was doing cold approach down there in Melbourne Bloody brilliant, Bobby. Bloody brilliant. So, uh, Nicholas didn't really have a question there. He was just saying that because he hasn't spent so much time compared to others solo travel, socially his level is very lower. Uh, not many people were showing him interest or including him in their activities, I believe is what he's trying to say there. So, Nicholas, what I would, what I would recommend, what I would say there is that what I notice amongst people that are not good in groups, good people who are not good socially in in the, you know, like just look at jujitsu, look at solo travel, look at uh, seminars, look at uh, birthdays, house parties, any social event, right? The people who don't gel very well or the people who don't get included in groups and they don't get included in this... Uh, in the festivities, let's call them. Let's call it festivities. Those are often the people that are reluctant to take the first step, aka they're unwilling. What <clears throat> they are waiting on others. That's typically what I say, because it only takes one step. It only takes one step. If you're in this hostel and you're down there in the lobby. There's a whole bunch of people and people are getting together and it's like, oh, guys, we're going fucking hiking or we're going out to this bar tonight. Let's all get a bite, right? Who's 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 there? Who's, let's go, let's go, right? There's very few people, unless you're, unless you're one of my boys, Glenn Money, or <coughs> someone like me, who's actually going to see that Lone Ranger like you and go up to you and say, hey, man, you want to come with us? Right? In the hostels, that's not how it goes. But if you were to say, hey, guys, do you mind if I tag along? They're all going to be like, fuck, yeah. Let's, and they're going to like try and get you with them. Like, yeah, come on, man. Let's go. Right? But you had to take that first step. You can't rely on other people coming up to you and saying, hey, man, hey, man come on. Let's get in on this. Get in on this uh, bike ride. Get in on this high. No. When you're in that situation, what I'd say, Nicholas, is that because you're very new to it, is that you probably weren't taking first step. And all that first step is, is literally just like when you go up to a girl, is literally just establishing your intent. And your intent in a social dynamic group, let's say you're at a house party. Let's say you're at a house party, right? And you're there's a whole bunch of people there you don't know. And you're just 
You go up to that group and say, hey guys, what's going on? That's the first step. And most people in a warm, lukewarm situation like that would be inviting and welcoming. What I'd say to you though is that, because, and the way that I know that this is a thing with you is because you said something very telling. You said that they weren't taking interest in you or they weren't showing interest in you. And what that tells me is that you're waiting on them. But if you were to actually be proactive, go forward, right? Step forward, step forward as a masculine being and go, hey guys, you want to go out to this? And how about even more than trying to join in on what they're doing? How about you start something? That's the next step beyond that. How about you go up and you start something up with them? We say, hey guys, listen, I found out about this cool bar. Who wants to come? Hey, you get a few people coming together. Oh, I want to go. That's the kind of vibe it is. But don't wait on people. When you're in a hostel, do not wait on people. You must be proactive. Okay, moving to the next question. Um, oh, and just to follow on there, uh, Nick was followed on saying, last thing I want to add is that being left alone triggers, angers him. I transmute that into motivation for my goals. They make me focus harder. My code approach skills have had many great interactions. I am in Denmark, three hours away from home. Well, even though... It's not much of a travel, <laughs> three hours away from home. Uh, uh, like physically, you haven't traveled that far, but socially, you have. Like the the difference between like Adelaide to Melbourne is only an hour flight, but socially, it's a it's it's a bit of a shift. It's a bit of a shift for sure. So I can relate to you on that. Um, he said the group I'm not vibing with, but many others I've had good interaction with. Thoughts helps on this. Yeah, I've just answered all that. So take lead, take charge. Do not wait on others. So going back up here, because I don't want to miss any questions because Nicholas's questions were all really super uh, chopped. Um, so the next question was from Andy Powell. Andy comes in saying, Adam, I've been following your work since 2017. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate that. I wanted to say thank you personally for giving objective advice on men-to-women dynamics. I appreciate that, Andy. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you for being here for this amount of time. You know, just doing what we can here, so thank you. Now, John came in to say something below that, but actually I think Andy goes on to say something else. So Andy then goes on to say, i get my fucking knee up here. I've recognized as a person living with a disability True masculinity slash self-confidence is using your skill set, education slash knowledge, human will to create the life we visualize into self-actualization. Fuck yes, Andy. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that is so well written. That gets me fucking fired up. Oh, yes. Your shot. That's amazing. That is a, it's not even a question, but it's probably brilliant. Brilliant. Andy then goes on to say, Adam, side note, uh, have you gained a insight with working with a client with a physical disability? Oh, have I, Andy? Have I? So, uh, Andy, what I would highly recommend is that you go and check out a video on my channel called, just type it into the channel in the bowl, go to the bowl channel, put in the little search bar. Well, you do it in the main search as well. But all you have to do is go search into my channel Instant dates with a birth deformity. Instant date with a birth deformity. That's the name of the video. And that was my first ever time working with a client that had a birth deformity. His birth deformity was a deformed left hand, essentially had no left hand. It was like a stub, so to speak. So that's my first time working with someone who has had a physical, real physical disability. 
and you just want to watch that video, son. You want to watch that video. That is one of the most inspirational videos you'll ever see. And uh, I still go back and watch that video to this day. Shout out to Shauno. Come by, Shauno. Come by. But Andy, I just want to give you a shout out there uh, to one of the most brilliant uh, written comments. Just, just, just what he said there. He's just like, he's recognized that a person living disability, true masculinity, self-confidence is using your skill set, education and knowledge, human will to create the life we visualize into self-actualization. That's inspirational. Yes, sir, Andy. I could not agree more. Could not agree more. Yeah, that just fights me up. Okay. Let's get our, get our shit together here. So get back to some few more questions. We've got a few more questions up in here. Uh, Justin Biriako went on to say, you're a G. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate that. Arigato gozaimashita. Arigato gozaimasu. Scott Bridgekins comes in with the next question saying, oh, wait, no, no, sorry. Sorry. John, John, I almost skipped you. Because because of how you guys break up your questions, yeah, I've got to be really careful with that. <coughs> so, John. John Chan comes in with the next question saying, Day two, how do I bring a girl to different places if I live in a very cold place? It's very hard to take her for a walk outside or isolate. Would you recommend where to isolate if I live in a cold city? Yeah, Jono. So there's plenty of recommendations for this because it's actually not so much about the cold city. Unless you live in Los Angeles or around the equator, you're probably going to be in a city that at some time in the year, you're going to have cold temperatures. We've just finished summer here in Australia. Thank God. The fires fucking destroyed us. Uh, but we get winter. We get winter down here. We have mountains. It snows in Australia. Not in the cities typically, unless you're like close, maybe around Sydney a little bit more. But they sometimes get snow. But but you can, you can go skiing. You go snowboarding. Mount Hotham. Shout out to Mount Hotham. My first ever time in the snow. Uh fucking rubbish at snowboarding though <laughs> but anyways anyways there's got to be winter you got to you got to explore this and so you're gonna have to get used to this now when when it turns june july august which is winter here in australia my day two is switched to this cozy coffee cozy tea i'm gonna scale my city and i want to find out where are the tea bars, the coffee bars that are the coziest possible, okay? Because unlike in a summer day two, unlike in an autumn or a spring day two, in which that we're probably going to meet her in the neutral meeting point uh, and then go grab our coffee and tea and walk her down to the gardens, we're likely going to meet her at a neutral meeting point such as like uh, in the mall, malls, balls, out the front of the Apple store, etc. something easy to agree to say yes to. And then we're going to take her to our coffee tea cozy place now within the coffee tea cozy place your question is where do i get isolation within that it's actually very simple it is actually very simple but one of the things that is very important is your awareness of it and your knowledge of the location i am not going to choose a chibo now actually i'm not sure if you're from, if, if you're the john chan i think you are you're probably not from australia so chibo is like oh what's the australian equivalent uh, the american equivalent you probably don't have one actually because you guys don't have very good Italian coffee in America. But Australia is like the hub for Italian coffee. Uh, we have a huge coffee culture down here. Never, You haven't had good coffee till you come to Australia. Uh, but Chibo is a, a chain down here that's known for uh, 
it's it's a chain Italian coffee place, but it's very high quality. Like next, much much better than Starbucks. Okay, so I I use that example for you guys because Starbucks is everywhere. You're not gonna take her to oh, but then it fucking depends on the Starbucks. Uh, if you be to New York, you're not gonna take her to the Starbucks in what's the name of your bookstore? What's the name of your fucking bookstore on UD Square? Barnes and Noble. There you go. You're not gonna take her to Starbucks on the top level of Barnes and Noble in Union Square. Why? Because if you know that area, it's not cozy. It's not. It's not a place for a sexual, sensual romanticization. Romanticization. That's a word. Might be. But so I'm gonna scale my city when it turns winter, and I want to find out where are the cozy teas in London, in particular. There's so many of them in London. Now, this is for coffee and tea, because that's just what I like. But bars, there's, oh, if you're in a major metropolitan city, you just got to find a bar that has a nook and cranny, that has a space where you can form isolation. Because when it's cold, you're not going to be going outside. Okay, it's just not going to happen. Or if you are, you're going to be fucking rugged up. So in, uh, in Melbourne, in Adelaide, in London, in New York, I could take and this is actually one of the great things actually, is that you actually want to make it part of the adventure of the day two or day three with a girl. However, you should know roughly where you're going. You should know the area you're looking at. But if you don't want to take that risk and pre-scale it, actually, because you're a beginner, if you're asking this question, I'm not even going to give you that nuance. Cut the nuance. Let me just give you this straight. Pre-scale. Scale your city. Know where within this general area, four, five, six different options of bars or coffee stores and tea stores, tea bars, that have cozy nook and cranny areas. I can visualize them right now. I can visualize right now where you know that if I if I get to that table, I get to that space, boom, we're locked in, we're tight together. It's almost like we're in our own world. Another really key thing starts to happen at night, uh, in the winter with day twos is that start to use the night more. Start to use the night more. During the day, uh, when it's like spring, you want to be out in the day. You want to do your day twos in the day. You want to go down the beach. You want to go down to the gardens, etc. But when it comes to uh, winter, now we start to get that. You start to get that that Viking vibe. You start to get that that just shelling up by the fire type vibe. And listen, hotel lobbies, hotel lobbies are a great a, a, a place if you go to an upscale hotel, not your fucking motel, but you go to a. Uh, in Adelaide, in the Crown Plaza, in the downstairs uh, bar area, this like built for isolation. It's like everywhere is there's like isolated tables and and lounges everywhere. So you need to get creative with it. You need to scale and have five, six different options. Now, what was the nuance I was talking about before was that I love to make the adventure of a day two of a girl of us finding a place together. But if you're an absolute newbie, it probably helps you. To begin with, just have five, six places offhand that you know in your mind that we can go to and we can try, and that's good. And that's it. I was, I was at a uh, like if you're in Melbourne, if you're in Melbourne, the Carlton, right? Even though it's outdoors, they're gonna have heaters out there. They're gonna have heaters out there. There are so many places within the Carlton that you can find a nook or cranny that you can isolate a girl with, because an isolation, especially at night. Going into a bar in the day and at night is two very different vibes. Two very different vibes, especially on a day. You know, it's, there is a sexual connotation at night. So I know we've gone deep on this, John, 
But let me see if there's anything else. Recommend to isolate. That was his main question. Just isolate in a cold city. <clears throat> just keep it indoors, but just find the places that have it. All right, there is going to be, trust me, trust me, you just got to put in the legwork. You just got to find them out. And that's just what I love doing in cities. I love going around cities and just just walking in and out of bars and finding which ones I like and uh, tea bars and which one I like. Now, of course, there's obviously, look, the isolation you need there is just enough, just enough to be able to get in a tight bubble with her and to be able to initiate that kiss. And then, of course, you're going to pull, you're going to lead her to your pulling logistics, your apartment or hers later on where the real isolation happens. So, moving down past John's question. Just trying to find the next question here because they're so separated. Uh, Scott Bridge? I think Scotty's the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Scott Bridge comes in with the next question saying, at the bowl, as mentioned in your bowl sip, hashtag 21. Are 99% of girls leadable? I want to lead all women, but I'm not certain whether all women like being led. Oh, Scott. I like that. I like that. You've been, you've been reading. Uh, he then goes on to say, how to lead different types of women, including masculine. Okay, that kind of cut off short there, but I think he means how to, how to lead different types of women, including masculine. So I think what he means there is girls like... Females with masculine energy. They have more masculine energy than the average. Ah, okay. So, Scotty, great uh, great question here. Very well written. Shows that you are paying a lot of attention to those free weekly email newsletters, newsletters and those articles. Balldojo.com, sign up. So, yeah, all girls, all girls are leadable. The very nature of having feminine energy and a larger proportion of it in relation to your masculine energy, as we discussed in the last podcast, is that you love to be led. Oh, you want to be led. All human beings want to be led. Like that's a large general principle. This that what 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 makes a salesman so good? What makes a good salesman so good is that he leads you, is that he takes care of you. What makes a good politician so good? is that they lead you. They make you feel like you're taken care of. What makes your best friend, or let's say even a best friend who's a few years older than you, such a good friend and such a good... Let What makes even better there? What makes a friend that you look up to, a friend that you look up to, is that he leads you. Right? He actually makes you feel safe around you. So bringing this back into the women now, because I was talking about the general human principle. What All women want to be led. All women want to be led, okay? There is no question of... Um, because he said here, are 99% of girls leadable? I want to lead all women, but I'm not so certain whether all women like being led. In, and that's why he's asking about women who have more masculine energy. Uh, so I understand what you're saying, Scott, but yes, the very nature of having feminine energy is that all women want to be led. Now, to what degree they need to be led is going to be based on their energetic makeup. If you got a girl who's got a huge proportion of masculine energy, okay, she doesn't need to be led nearly as much as, say, a girl that's got a much flip reverse of high feminine energy, okay? It's just reading the girl in front of you, Scott. But make no mistake, just being a feminine being in general, unless we're talking about extreme, like to the point where she's bordering on, she, she's not even a heterosexual female at that point. 
but a heterosexual female wants to be led, just as to what degree, it's going to be based on energy to make up. You know, I look at, uh, you look at some couples that, that have, where it's the woman wears the pants, so to speak, and it's not in a, not in a way that the guy fucked up. Not in a way that he's just become this just weak fish, beta male. But where he's just got a lot of feminine energy, I'm thinking about some of my personal friends right now, who are in these types of relationships, and that she still wants to be led, it's just that she does most of the leading. Okay? So don't get it confused. If you're in an interaction with a woman, make no mistake, she wants to be led. And what you're talking about there more stems more into relationship dynamics, not initial interaction dynamics. Even the most A-type direct females I've met, uh, girls that just get shit done in this life, even for the first even those girls, for the first date, they still like to be, they like to be treated like women, right? And what I'm saying there is that they like to be treated like girly girls. They like to be treated for those first three, four, five dates. It's not until you get into much deeper relationships with women that you really start to see their true colors of energetic balance, okay? And because not until you guys have had sex is that ever really going to come out anyway. You're never going to know. Not until you've had sex with this woman are you going to know does she like to be choked or not? Does she like to be ripped by the back of the hair or not? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And how a woman is in, uh, how a woman portrays herself in the bedroom very, very, very much translates into how she portrays herself outside. And we've talked about that many times. Yeah. Her, her way in the street, it's, of course, there's the nuance to Asian girls, which I talked about in the last podcast as well. But I talked about that. Uh, there's only one race of girl that that's not true for, which is Asian girls. Asian girls go out of their way to blur the line between their straight self and bed self. Every other every other race of girl, though, you're, you're okay. How they are in the street is very much so how they are in the bedroom. So, Scotty, hope that answer you up there. Just don't overthink it. Don't overthink it until you get into a relationship with her. As you're meeting the girl in the club in the day going on your day two, day three, day four, treat her as a feminine being that needs to be led hard and hard well. And fuck yeah. Thank you for being uh, so attentive to the bowl sips. Appreciate that. Oh, and he gave me a follow-up there saying, um, oh, no, message retracted. Maybe made an error. We'll move on. <laughs> That's all right, Scotty. Thank you. Anyways, moving on here. We got... Nicholas came in saying, I feel I didn't clarify it clearly. We'll, fra- we'll rephrase it to you another time. Thanks, though. I'll ponder upon this and keep it in mind and make more fun happening. Yeah, Nicholas, just keep working on your English. Keep working on your English if, uh, if you wish to convey your messages more clearly. But thank you very much. I appreciate it. So we've got a next question here. Uh, this will probably be one of the last questions, depending on what ha- how long this goes for. But uh, actually, it's a good time uh, to take a pause here and just say that. If you guys are enjoying this content, don't forget to hit the thumbs up video button on this video before we dip out. And I really appreciate you guys being here. If you listen to this on the podcast, come back in post, drop me a comment, and uh, just let me know your thoughts, feedback. If you appreciate this content, just say thanks or whatever. just helps out the channel. Really appreciate it. Okay, so we've got a question here from Sam Ledal. Samuel Ledal, who comes in saying, Hey, <laughs> hey, I was just wondering, I am a 30-year-old virgin. I have always been scared to approach girls, and I feel I have no good qualities. I feel it's too late as I missed out on my 20s. Any suggestions? 
yeah, Sam, you need to go back and rewatch this entire podcast. <laughs> You're coming in way too late here. So this entire podcast is for you, Sam. Literally, this entire podcast is directed towards you. I empathize with your situation. I've had many clients in your situation. I've had clients in worse situations than you. And this is what I'll say to you, Sam. It is too late for you, if you believe so. Sam here feels that because he's a 30-year-old virgin, he's missed his 20s, he feels like he has no good qualities. Well, that's very true. Sam, that is very true. Because you've said it to be. Now, at any moment, you could do away with those beliefs. You could evolve yourself through the process, through the fire, from going from boyhood to manhood psychology, going out and learning what it means to become a direct, congruent, authentic man, to bring the best of yourself, the best of your 50, to a woman across many spanning environments, situations, scenarios. You can learn all that, and that's going to take you a lot of work, no doubt. But the work is there. Make no mistake, the work is there. And that the challenge is yours to accept or decline. And I'll never judge you, Sam. I'll never judge you, and no one else ever could for holding the beliefs that you have. If you believe that you have no good qualities, if you believe that your time in this world is lost, <coughs> sexually speaking, that you, you're right. You have a right to believe that. And I will not question that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I agree with you. This is where I differentiate with many other coaches. Many other coaches would try and convince you, no, 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 Sam. No, 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 no. Right, this is what we're going to fucking do. You sign up to my 12-week program. You pay me 5.5K for the next 12 weeks and we're going to fucking change your life and it's going to be fucking great and that we will do everything we can. In fact, that, that just sign you up right now. That's what most coaches would say. I was what a lot of coaches in this world, in this, in this world say, right? But I, that's not how I am. I don't believe just because you invest a certain amount of money in someone's coaching program that that means you're going to change. No. What's most important as well that differentiates me is that I don't shoot because shit. If that's your belief, if your belief is that you feel you have no good qualities and that it's too late in life for you, you missed out in your 20s, if that's your belief, then you're right. Your truth, it's truth. Because you have defined it to be. How you define it to be, that's what it's going to be. Okay? And no one else can tell you different. But if you... T- now, if I if we got Sam there with those beliefs. Give me another 30-year-old Sam. Let's get another 30-year-old in here who's also a virgin. But let's say his message comes on like this. Hey, listen, Adam. I'm just wondering. I'm a 30-year-old virgin and I've always been scared to approach girls. I feel, though, that I might have some good qualities. I'm not sure. I feel though it might be a bit too late, but I'm not sure. As I've missed out on my 20s, do you have any suggestions? You see the difference? You see the difference? He's also right. He's also right. Now listen guys, I just took Sam's exact message, but all I added in there was belief. Was belief that he could change. If you do not believe you can change, then how will you ever see that come to fruition? If you don't even believe off the get that you could evolve into something better, something different, something stronger, something that something that you know has been missing your entire life, but now it's present. Now that there's, whether it's because of my content or someone else's content, that you saw that there was this little glimmer of light and I could get this. 
really, for me, I could get this. Well, then there's a little belief there. And if you can take hold of that little bit of belief, that's the starting place. I'm not even going to ask Sam to try and change his beliefs. All I'm going to ask is that you question him. That's all I would, I would ever, I would, that's my suggestion to you, Sam. My suggestion to you, you asking for suggestions, is that you question your beliefs. Because you're saying you're 30 years old right now. Well, how long do you expect to live? How long do you expect to live? Are you going to die tomorrow? You could. You could. But, reasonably speaking, on average, you might have another 50 years in this life. If you do all things right, and you pay attention to, to your fucking health, you, and science, how about science, you might get to 100. I don't know the state of your health. But, let's say, being conservative, you make it to 80. You're going to spend the next 50 years of your life with these beliefs. That's the way that you're going. Then okay. Okay. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm not even going to try and change your beliefs. All I'm going to say is you might want to question them. Because if you gave me some the exact copy of you, you gave me the exact copy of you, but and said the exact same thing to me, but you just add an element of belief that maybe this could be something different. Maybe I could transform myself. Maybe I could change myself. And in which case, that would open the floodgates to work. And then through the work, you would illuminate yourself and you would become finally able to know yourself. We know ourselves in relation to others. And if you are a 30-year-old virgin, you do not know yourself. That's what it is. If you want to continue living your life that way, feel free to do so. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to judge you. It's like for those that decide to live a life of celibacy, I'm not going to judge you. It's your choice. But it's always a choice. It is never involuntary. Boom. So with that said, my friends, we have just ticked over our time and I've got some work to do. <coughs> We've been going for an hour and a half here, hour and 32. So uh, John Chan, just I'll just finish this up saying that. John Chan finished up saying, would you recommend to ask her if she wants to drive with me to another location for a day or two if we can't walk to the cold weather? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, John. That's no problem. That's no problem at all. I wouldn't recommend starting the day two that way. Like, I'd recommend starting in the neutral meeting point, as always, then bounce to our isolation point. Then once we're at our isolation point, if things are going well, reading the vibe, then we can drive to another place. Yeah, that's fine. Just don't, don't start with that. Don't, don't, don't try and jump that bridge too quick, you know what I'm saying? And then Scott Bridge finished up by saying, amazing answer. Question tying up with this question above. I agree basically with everything you're saying from personal experience. No worries, Scotty. Thank you very much. Arigato. And then Nicholas finishing up by saying, it's amazing to see your growth over the years. You are just flowing when you open your mouth <laughs> with a fire. Thank you, Nicholas. I appreciate that. And, uh, wouldn't be here without you guys. So thank you. And then the final coming in, and we will wrap it up at this point. Sam comes in saying, thank you and sorry for the way I threw that question out there. Uh, wait, wait. Hold on. OBS just dipped. Okay, my friends, OBS is just disconnected. Uh, okay, my friends, I apologize for that. Apparently OBS just disconnected my recording software. So hopefully we're still live here. 
Hopefully we're still alive. I think we are. But it did dip out there for a second. It was only for like two seconds. But anyways, yeah, Sam said thank you and sorry for the way I threw out that question out there. Sam, don't be sorry. That was truth. Do not be sorry. I appreciate the way you threw that question out there. I love the way you threw that question out there because it's truth. That's just where you are right now. Embrace it. But just know that the change is always there. If you want to change, it's always there. As long as you're still fucking breathing, you can change. So I appreciate you, Sam. And we're going to wrap up this live stream right here. My friends, thank you for uh, joining in on Social Q&A Live uh, episode Nijo Goban, episode 25, season three. First episode of season three. We've changed up this angle, the camera angle. I much prefer this standing up. Uh, this feels way better. So I love your feedback. I love your feedback. Uh, if you're watching this in post, drop me a comment down below. If you're in this chat right now and you haven't hit that thumbs up button down below, what are you doing? Help out this channel. Help support this. Let me know you enjoy this content. And uh, with that being said, don't forget, Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter comes out every Friday. Free article for you right there on how to create your legacy today. And that's coming out. Sign up at balldojo.com. And with that being said, my friends, I wish you all the absolute best in your journeys. Much peace and much joy. Yeah. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. I'd love to have you in the live sessions, actually. So if you can make it, generally speaking, most Fridays at 10 a.m. Australian Central Daylight Time, which is just Adelaide, South Australia. For the foreseeable future, you can join in on these live sessions and get your questions answered live. The best place to connect with me outside of these podcasts and outside of YouTube is on Instagram, at uitang1, spelt O-O-I-T-A-N-G-1. Slide me any DMs there, personal context. You can also shoot me an email at boldoja.com, which is, of course, what this podcast is brought to you by. If you guys would like to pick up my ebook, Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game, book one-on-one Skype coaching, or go for that deeper level, Day Game Foundations Bootcamp, all available to you by boldoja.com and finally if you would like to send a little something back and just support this channel support this podcast and everything that i'm doing here you can do so by donating through the paypal link which is paypal.me forward slash a-d-a-m-o-o-i or also directly through boldojo.com in the boldojo podcast section there's a donate link right at the top there anything that you guys do send it goes straight back to this channel and everything i'm doing so i really appreciate it thank you very much and this, my friends, is where I shall leave you. Until next time. On Dragon Ball. No, not on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Wishing you the best of your lives. Much peace and much joy.